and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and this is episode 39 of Backseat Directors, and it is our fourth movie review for the month of October. And honestly, I'm sure some of you guys have been wondering when I was going to have my next guest on the show, only because the last two movie reviews that I have done, I've done alone. But put your worries to rest, because I do have a new guest for today's show, and it is my brother-in-law, Devin. He will be today's co-host. Devin is an avid movie fan with great insight to today's movie, and I look forward to today's discussion with him, and I hope all of you do as well. All right. Well, well welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast. So good to be here. It took a little while, but I'm glad I finally got to come in. Yeah, I know. It was... Um, was it it was for the power rangers movie wasn't it that we, we were already like okay Devin, gotta get you on the podcast yeah yeah that was like a couple months ago so it's been a while um well dude i'm happy to have you here man thanks good for to be here. coming out on this sunday afternoon yeah yeah you comfortable you good yeah i think so it's a nice setup oh. so perfect <laughs> well thanks man thanks yeah like i said it, it's it's a little uh rough around the edges but it works it, it does what I need it to do. Speaking of my office. <laughs> okay, man. Well, um, this is how we get the podcast going. Anytime I have a new guest on and you are a new guest, mm-hmm. um, we are going to allow our listeners to get to know you by asking you some get to know you questions. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Now it's time for some get to know you questions. Devin, question number one. What is your Desert Island movie? <laughs> So I've decided if I was stuck on a desert island, then I would want something to keep me entertained. Yes. So nothing yes, sad that was yes. ruled out right in the beginning. <laughs> Intense maybe, but I decided my desert island movie would be What About Bob? Nice. That would be the movie I could just watch oh my gosh, over man. and over <laughs> and over again. Do you guys have a history classic. of that movie in your family? Is it like an Earl family <laughs> classic? It, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. We used to watch it all the time. Really? Yeah, that was one of the <laughs> one of the comedies. I I personally don't watch a ton of comedies, okay. but that was one of the one of the few that I have always loved. Do you have a favorite scene or like a favorite line or anything like that? I haven't seen it in a while. Really? So I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I think there are just so many. When he's learning how to sail, that is probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably my uh my favorite part it's dude that's a, very that's a great answer man yeah. yeah and i know that's that no one has said that on the podcast yet that's a uh-huh. fantastic answer very good yeah all right Devin. question number two what is your favorite movie theater snack it would definitely be skittles nice anything okay. anything chocolatey i get sick of it a little too quickly i can yeah. just have a little bit of it but Every once in a while, especially when I get popcorn, I like to mix the two, Skittles and popcorn. Nah. So you have the buttery, salty popcorn, but then you also have the sweet, sh- fruity Skittles. Are you serious? This is just the best. I, okay, but I, do you, I, dump, I do you of... dump the Skittles in the popcorn? Yep. Nah. Mm-hmm. You're kidding. Serious? That's the best. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I can tell you there is one other person that has said that on the podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm still surprised that this is actually something that, yeah. <laughs> that people like. <laughs> I've never tried it though. Yeah. I've uh, Every once in a while I can do the sour Skittles. That doesn't With go... With popcorn? <laughs> not, not, don't mix those ones. Those are the two that, that shouldn't be mixed. But... And Skittles, I just don't 
get sick of Skittles very quickly, so I can just snack on them throughout the whole movie. Just the original flavors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just nice. regular Skittles. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just hey, love the fruity for, and For me, the jury sugary. is still out because I haven't tried it yet. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to try it. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Okay. Question number three. What was the first movie that made you cry? Can you think back that far? I mean, it's not that, that far. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two movies that I remember just crying in when I was younger. And I've narrowed them down. I think the first movie that I can remember crying in is Ever After. Oh, with Drew Barrymore. With Drew Barrymore. Okay. Towards the end when... It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Towards the end when they find out who she really is. Right, and she right. runs out and it's raining. I remember right. sitting there. And I was, I was pretty young. I mean, old enough to, to appreciate the movie. <clears throat> but I remember starting to cry in that part. It's just so sad. Dude, it's, I, I mean, I know Amy and I own the movie, but it's been uh-huh. a while since I've seen it. And I'm, I'm just looking up real quick because um, I don't remember what year that movie came out. Oh. I don't know. So I let's see. Ever after, oh, ever after a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let me think, Devin. You're what? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Twenty four. This movie came out in nineteen ninety eight. So, how old do you think you were when you saw it? I mean, it was definitely when it came out. Probably we had it on either VHS, DVD. Right. So I was born 92 so i was probably 10 okay 10 or 11 would be my best guess and just a very emotional movie yeah i'm I'm gonna have to go back and see that movie i mean i i know like like drew barrymore is a very specific kind of actress you know she kind of just has it's her same persona in a lot of the movies that she plays but i like drew barrymore Mm -hmm. but i remember liking this movie i just know it's been a while since i've seen it yeah and there's a lot of those cinderella type movies you know they make a lot of renditions of the same right but that's that's the one that i remember thinking i'm crying in this movie (laughs) (laughs) surprising all right man ever after yeah that's good okay question number four Devin, do you have a favorite director and or actor Let's go with director. Okay. I would say my favorite director would be Ron Howard. Really? Yeah. He has okay. a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. He's done some cartoons, a whole a whole list of movies. If mm-hmm. you look on, especially IMDb, a list, just tons of movies. Mm-hmm. But Cinderella Man is one of my favorite yep. movies mm-hmm. with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. A Beautiful Mind is also one of my favorites. And it was probably... Three years ago, did you ever see the movie In the Heart of the Sea? No, no. I, I, <laughs> super <laughs> coincidental. My, Amy and I were talking about that just last night. Really? Yeah, cause it's on. It's available on iTunes for like a dollar rental right mm-hmm. now. And I was like, hey, remember we were going to watch this movie? Yeah. I, was, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I didn't know that was a Ron Howard movie. Yeah, huh. so um, it came out two three years ago mm-hmm. and it just got terrible ratings yeah. horrible reviews yeah but for some reason my mom took us to go see it. i think it was over winter break or thanksgiving break and she took us to go see the movie and i just loved it really i thought it was a fantastic movie really? despite the bad reviews i couldn't figure out why i got the bad reviews um but i just loved the movie just the scenes uh beautiful scenery i loved the story um and just his directing, there's so many movies of his that I like. Yeah. Um, so I would say he's my favorite director. 
Yeah? yeah. So is Cinderella Man your favorite Ron Howard movie? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, and I'm, are you familiar with the movie Willow? I started it. You started once. it. I, I didn't finish it. No. Oh my goodness. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Samantha hasn't seen it uh-huh. just because growing up, it was like this thing that Samantha wouldn't want to watch like our family movies. And Willow is, has always been a family movie. Really? But, yeah. And it's an old movie. It's one of his first. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, Ron Howard directed Willow. And that would be my favorite Ron Howard movie. That, yeah. that was kind of a an 80s old sci-fi no it wasn't sci-fi it was more fantasy epic okay. fantasy type okay. yeah. yeah i remember starting more, that movie. more along the lines of lord of the rings but not as epic <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember starting long. the movie you should watch it man i'm telling it. you it, it is one it's it's probably i i don't know man it could be in my top 10 favorite movies really i love that really? movie yeah. yeah it's okay <laughs> okay ron howard what about actor no favorite actor or actress if I had to go with the favorite actor, I think it would be Tom Hardy. I I wouldn't like to meet oh, him in yeah. real life. You wouldn't like I wouldn't to. Like to Why? Meet him. <laughs> Why? I just think he doesn't seem like a very pleasant person. Just kind of kind of rough. Yeah. But I love his acting. Yeah. I love his movies. Warrior is also one of my favorite movies. That was Samantha's. I think that was Samantha's Desert Island yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then he just he was in the. Um, Christopher Nolan, the latest. He's, he's been, been in, in a couple. Three. Yeah, he's been in three. Dark Knight Rises. Right, I as Bane. That one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you remember and the other two? Dunkirk. Yep. And That's... then Inception, right? Nice, yeah. nice. Well yeah. done, yeah. So I, and then I saw him in, in The Revenant. And I really liked him. Oh in yeah, that one. I forgot yeah. that he was in that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's he's the antagonist in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think mm-hmm. he does a fantastic job in all yeah. the movies I've seen him in. So no, I, I think that's he would choice. be one of my favorite favorite actors. Yeah, well, he's coming up. Uh, I don't I don't know if you know this, but he is going to play in a, um, I guess I mean I guess kind of a villain role, but the movie is about the villain. Um, he is going to play Venom. You know, so the the really? Spider Man. Um, you know the nemesis of spider-man i guess in the new but it's not new it's, Spider-Man it's not going to be tied into the spider-man movies which is really strange hmm. so i don't know how they're going to do it i don't know how they're really you know envision this happening but yeah he's venom so, yeah interesting yeah, yeah i didn't yeah, know that see. yeah all right man last question you ready do or no sorry that was question number four last question if you could change the ending of any movie which movie would it be Devin, and how would you change it this was definitely the harder of the questions, but I think if I could change the ending to any movie, it would be I Am Legend. I never liked the ending. And I know really? it's a book. Okay. I know it's a book. Well, so I, I've, I've never heard, read it. I've heard the ending of the movie is not how the book ends either. <laughs> oh, really? I'm, so not, could, I'm not sure because I've never, read, I've no never read the book. Yeah, neither have I. But you didn't like the ending of the movie? I didn't like the ending of the movie. Okay. Mainly because you can tell he's come to the end. Right. And he realizes, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. Right. So it's my time to go. Right. And so he gives, uh, I think he gives his blood to to his friends that are hiding there. Mm-hmm. And then he blows up the lab with the zombies and right. himself. Right. And I just think that wasn't necessary. I think there was a way he could have saved himself hmm. with the other people. And I just didn't think his work was over. I think he still could have gone on and continued saving the world so i just thought that was i i really liked the movie but the ending was one that i thought i wish they would have changed it just a little bit do you guys own the movie 
I think we do. Okay. Yeah. Does does it have the alternate ending in the special features or additional features? I've never looked. Okay, so I have I have the movie and it has the alternate ending. Really? So I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but if you guys want to borrow it and watch the alternate okay. ending, then you can okay. see maybe if that ending is more to your liking. How about that? All right. Sounds good. I'll but do you out. like the movie though overall? Do you think? I mean. It, other than the ending, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I really like the movie. Um, the ending was just a little too abrupt yeah. for me. Okay. Anything. Okay. I just think he's worked this hard, come this far, and he didn't need to end when when he did. Right. I thought the movie could have gone on a little bit longer. Right. So. Yeah. No, because I remember, I remember the whole the whole thing about the butterflies. Remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Sh- he sees the butterfly tattoo mm, on you know mm, the girl that yeah. comes and stays with him or whatever uh-huh. and and he remembers it was his daughter was it his daughter that told him look for the butterflies yeah. or something like that yeah. and I, that was the one part that i'm like what does that have to do with anything just because the girl has a butterfly tattoo mm-hmm. like yeah but i i like the movie i think it's a good yeah. one i haven't I seen it in a while maybe i have to go back and see that but yeah there is an alternate <laughs> ending yeah. so if you have to look it up <laughs> i'm gonna look it up all right, Devin. Those are excellent answers, man. Very, very good. Well done. Well done. Um, okay, so what we're going to do now, we're going to introduce this week's movie review, and then we're just going to jump right into it, okay? All right, sounds good. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. And this week's movie is Only the Brave. Movie Details. If it wasn't known that our love will carry on I will be the wind that echoes on the canyon wall Based on true events, only the brave tells the story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, an elite wilderness firefighter group based out of Prescott, Arizona. This group of 20 men became the very first municipal hotshot crew in the country. You will journey with these men through their years of training and sacrifice as they work up to achieve the elite level of hotshot. Years of training and dedication will culminate in one of the most challenging and costly fires in U.S. history, the Yarnell Hill Fire. Okay, listeners, real quick, I wanted to give the facts straight, uh, to, get, to get the facts straight with the timeline of the Grand Mountain Hotshots, only because I was somewhat underprepared in our uh, the upcoming review with Devin, and I got some of the dates wrong. Um, however, in my defense, the timeline of the movie felt jumbled anyway. Uh, but either way, I'm here to set the record straight. So before this crew was certified as hotshots, they were founded in 2002 under the Prescott Fire Department as a fuels and mitigation crew, then transitioned to a Type 2 hand crew in 2004, and ultimately became hotshots in 2008. The Yarnell Hill Fire took place in June of 2013. Okay, Only the Brave was released in U.S. theaters on October 20th, 2017, and it has a running time of 2 hours and 13 minutes. It is rated PG-13 for thematic content, sexual, some sexual references, language, and drug material. So kidsinmind.com give Only the Brave a 4 out of 10 for sexual content. There is no nudity. A 5 out of 10 for violence and gore, which is actually surprising to me just because, I, I mean, honestly, I don't really have too big of a recollection on a ton of violence and gore anyway um and so yeah so a five out of ten is just kind of surprising um and then a five out of ten for profanity uh there are two instances of the f-word being used only the brave has quite the hollywood cast it stars josh brolin um, as supervisor eric marsh or just soup as he's known in the movie 
Jennifer Conley as Amanda Marsh. She is wife to Eric Marsh. Jeff Bridges as Dwayne Steinbrink. And Andy McDowell as uh, Marvel Steinbrink. Yeah, she's Dwayne's wife. Miles Teller stars as Brandon, or uh, Brendan, my apologies, Brendan McDonough. And Taylor Kitsch as Christopher McKenzie. This is actually the first time I have seen Taylor Kitsch, or AKA Tim Riggins for all of our Friday Night Lights fans. Um, uh, the first time I've seen him in a movie since Lone Survivor in 2013, but I, I know he did play in the movie American Assassin that came out last month, but I, I did not see that one. Um, I, I really like Taylor. I, I do. I think he's he's a good actor, and honestly, I, I liked him in this movie, and I would like to see him in more films. Hopefully hopefully he does get some, some roles in some films coming out soon. So Only the Brave is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, and Kaczynski... Um, he, he's actually directed some of my favorite sci-fi films, uh, specifically Tron Legacy. I know a lot of people didn't like that film, but I do. Tron Legacy came out in 2010, and then Oblivion, which stars Tom Cruise in 2013. Also, Kaczynski will be reuni reuniting with Tom Cruise uh, pretty soon, actually, for the much-anticipated Top Gun sequel set to debut in 2019. Only the Brave had an uh, estimated production budget of $38 million. And as of uh, today, um, the domestic box office opening weekend uh, scored in pro approximately $6 million. All right, everyone. This is a spoiler warning for anyone who is unfamiliar with the story of the Grand Mountain Hotshots. Devin and I will be discussing spoilers, major spoilers, in our review. I feel that because this is based on a true story that... And many people are already familiar with the story outside of the movie. Spoilers are fair game. So listeners, consider yourselves warned. Now on to the movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. Okay, Devin. Here we go. Actually, I'm just going to pull up my notes real quick. Okay. All right. So, um, okay. So I just recently saw this movie, but you saw it just a little, almost a week ago now. Yeah, you, you a little less see, than a week. You got to go to an advanced screening. Fantastic experience. Was I that your first time? Anyone. Yeah. Really? Yep, the first time. So Samantha, Samantha's done a few, though. I think she's done a couple. Okay. Yeah, I I had the opportunity to do one, mm -hmm. but I didn't know you had to get there so early, and right. so I missed it. Right. Um, but this is the first time that I've ever been to an advanced screening. Yeah, so, okay, so, and you went with your sister. <laughs> yeah, 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 my sister and I went. So how was the experience? It was... It was a really good experience. It was pretty similar to a regular movie, right, you know, right. except they come in and they say no cell phones, don't record it. Right. Um, there were no trailers at the beginning, which was right. very different. Yeah. They just got right into just the movie. Straight into the movie. That was different. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought it was a really cool experience. Did you stay after to talk to the studio rep? So they like, there's like a, always a person out there. Not everybody mm -hmm. goes to the studio rep, and but they're always asking, okay, what did you guys think of the movie and things like that? We saw them when we walked out of the theater. Yeah. We saw them, but we didn't talk with them. They yeah. were talking with some other people. They had their clipboards and they were talking with them. Right. Right. Um, but no, we didn't talk with them. But overall, a good experience? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a really good experience. Okay, so the movie, though, that you and I are going to talk about right now, Only the Brave. Mm -hmm. So this is about the Granite Mountain Hot Shots. And this, the movie is based on a true story. How familiar were you with this story before you saw the movie? I didn't know anything. Really? I didn't know anything about it. I've never heard of the Granite Mountain Hot Shots really? before. So when this happened, um, oh, when did this happen? Was it 2009? 2009, I think. Um, 
you you don't remember this being in the news? No, nope. no, no, okay. not at all. Okay, that was a total totally new story <laughs> for me. Well, two thousand nine, you would have been in high school. Were you in high school? Yeah, yeah, that would have been my sophomore year of high school. Oh, okay, okay, you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I I mean I remember when this news broke. Uh-huh. I, I I remember just I mean because every year we have fires all over the country, you right? Know, mainly out here in the West, Arizona, mm-hmm. Nevada. California, et cetera, yeah. uh, Utah. Um, but I, I just, I remember how, you know, just tragic the story was itself. Okay. So mm-hmm. listeners, we, okay. If you guys are unfamiliar with the story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, um, I highly suggest you probably push pause and then maybe look up on Wikipedia or just Google Granite Mountain Hotshots and find out what this is about, because this movie is a very tragic story. It's, it is a heart wrenching story. Um, okay, so push pause. Okay, you're back. Great. Co. Okay, so the Grand Mountain Hotshots, they were uh, an elite fire, fire, uh, a wilderness firefighting team, um, based out in Prescott, Arizona. Um, but anyway, in a fire in 2009, they all perished except for one member of their team. So okay, so getting back to my remembrance, I guess, of the new story. I remember when it broke, just because it was like, holy cow, every single firefighter died. That, that is insane. How did it happen? What happened? Yeah. You know, I mean, because obviously, like you know, there there are accidents that occur in in people who are doing these types of jobs, um, whether it's wilderness or like a structural fire. You mm-hmm. know, accidents happen. It's such a dangerous job, and just I have huge amounts of respect for people that do this because I would never want to be a firefighter oh, yeah. ever. Um, but the fact that they all died was was so captivating and i think i i think um i don't know i just i think a lot of people really like became interested in like hey how did this happen why mm-hmm. did this happen things like that so okay so you were unfamiliar with the story did you read any anything before you saw the movie or did you see any previews or anything like that i watched the previews okay but i didn't know the story i remember even texting you uh-huh. and i thought that it took place here in utah Oh, okay. And so you were okay. the first one who told me, no, it's actually down in Arizona. And I looked it up. I That's when I looked up what's the Granite Mountain Hotshots. Oh. But I didn't look up their story. Oh, okay. Which I personally liked because going into the movie, I didn't know what was going to happen right. at the end. I mean, they give you clues as to what's going to happen and it's right. dramatic. Right. But I didn't know the story before going into the movie, which is why I think I liked it that much more is because I was unfamiliar with the story. Right. So it was learning it for the first time for me in this setting. So, and again, listeners, spoiler. Okay. This is a true story. So if you are unfamiliar with the Grand Mountain hotshot story, please just go look it up. Or, um, I guess if you want to be surprised by the movie, then, then come back and listen to the podcast after you see the movie. But we will talk spoilers just because this is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And I just think, we're going to need to get into it anyway. So, okay. So, I mean, then when we come to the end of the movie though, and you find out that all of them are killed in fire, except one, I mean, was it, how was it, how was was your movie experience? It was very emotional. I think because, because I didn't know, um, what was going to happen when they all died at the end from this fire. I was left thinking, really yeah there's no way yeah but then sure enough then they continue on and the whole time i was thinking did that really just happen yeah 
but it made it that much more real. And I do appreciate that I didn't find out through the news or maybe a Wikipedia article. I did really like my personal experience really? mm-hmm. of learning the story through the movie. That happens probably rarely. I don't think all that often you learn about a historical event. Right. I mean, especially when it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a true story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's likely that a lot of people are already familiar with the story going into yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So I really liked, I think that made the experience a lot more emotional for right. me because right. I didn't know that they were all going to die at the end of the movie. What about your sister? Did she know? Was she, she didn't familiar? know either. Really? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not trying to make, um, anything lighthearted about the what happened to these firefighters mm-hmm. or anything and so if <laughs> i think i think i catch myself laughing a couple times anytime we're talking about some serious stuff but um yeah so i i was fully familiar with the story so going into it so this is probably I, a different experience i mean it, it would be like watching the titanic you know yeah. like like probably 95 percent of the world knows what happened on the titanic you know mm-hmm. like so like even going into the movie you know what is going to happen and so it's just kind of like this build-up and you're not trying to get too attached to the characters i thought the movie did a really good job though of of diving into specific characters though to where yeah. you felt a good connection to to some of them you know so building up to the movie I knew I knew one survived, you know. So out of out of the entire mountain, uh, Granite Mountain Hotshot team, I knew one survived. I remember that was part of the news story, but I didn't know which. I was mm. kind of assuming it was going to be Brendan, but I, I, I was still unsure. Like I kept thinking, I'm like, wait, what? It, is it the soup? Is it the soup? Or uh, yeah. what, what? Oh shoot, what's his name? They call him Marsh. Eric, Eric Marsh, yeah, Eric? Marsh, yeah. uh huh, yeah, Eric Marsh. So, I, and I kept going back and forth. I'm like, wait, like, I, I still don't really know who it is. But the moment, the moment that they sent him away to kind of be kind of like that, the weather lookout. Yeah, they're like, scout. Oh, uh huh. The lookout. He, yeah, he's he is just now separated from the group, right? So, um, okay, so, uh, so I, I, and I gotta admit, man, this this movie got to me. I was, I know you said your sister was crying. I did when. I don't think the the tears the the tears were just rolling, but the tears started rolling, um, you know when Brendan at the end is he's on the walkie-talkie, you know, and so he's just yeah. listening like, please give me an update, 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 mm-hmm. and then you know obviously like the EMT goes and finds them all, and yeah. like oh my gosh, and then everything after that, oh my gosh. So did did it get to you? It did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yeah. And that same part when he's on the walkie-talkie, because I you know something's gonna happen, right? Um, but they train for it. They're prepared. Right. They make a point in the movie of showing how prepared they are for yeah. if this happens. Right. This is what we do. Look how quickly we can do it. And this is what it's like. Right. And so when the EMT finds them, then I was expecting, all right, one by one, they're all going to stand up. Pop out. And he's going to jump for joy that his friends are all alive. Right. So when he finds out that they're not... For me, that was shocking, for one. Right. Two, very emotional and just so sad. And you could hear the whole theater. Everyone, you could hear the sniffles and... Yeah. Oh, it was it was very emotional. Yeah. There got were, to me. There were at least part. a few people around me that were also mm-hmm. just, yeah, letting the waterworks flow. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, well, let's... Uh, and this is, this is where I kind of feel... I feel conflicted on movies like these because movies like like this are more of a 
it's kind of like a um uh, what's the word like an homage or just like it's it's a movie made to remember and honor yeah you know those who the movie is about mm-hmm. and their sacrifice right so and so i i want to separate the true story and the sacrifice of these firefighters and what they went through to just more be more critical of the movie making process right sure. so let's talk about critiques i only have a couple um but i i am curious to know if there was anything about the movie that you did not like okay i think I had the same reaction when I left the movie. I thought, if I had to critique this movie, what would I do? And I thought, right. it's hard because they're heroes. Right. And it's hard to critique them. Right. So I think my biggest critique was Brendan. He, I feel like we never got to know why he was there. Seems mm-hmm. like he walks into the interview not really having a plan. Mm-hmm. He gets the job and it seems like it was a trial period. Yeah. And he never really seemed to fit. It seemed like he was a rookie the whole the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And even halfway through the movie, he was making these life-altering decisions, mistakes. And I thought, why is he still there? You have this elite group in Arizona of these fire firemen. They're all the elite. They even compare them to the SEALs, mm-hmm. um, the U.S. SEALs. Yeah, they're like team. the SEALs of the firefighters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they mm-hmm. say that. But it seems like Brendan, he, they, they portrayed him like he still wasn't quite sure what he was doing. Right. He didn't really seem to fit yeah. with everybody else. Okay. Just, he, he just seemed like a rookie the whole movie. Yeah. And that's something that I, wasn't, I didn't really like about how they, how they portrayed that character. Right. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, and so, some of my the, the things that I did not like about how they developed that character, because I did like him, and, and I like the actor who played him. So that mm-hmm. it's a uh, Miles Teller. Um, I I liked his character overall, but I didn't I didn't like the beginning. And so just kind of going back to what you said, how that he he was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go interview for this job, and yeah. I've been, you know, I've been clean from using drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, for a couple months or whatever it was, um, but it was kind of interesting because when he went into the interview, I thought he was going into into the interview high. I, he looked he looked he like he had just got done using. Yeah. But, you know, when Marsh asked him how long, when was the last time you used, he said, "Oh, it's been like three months." So I don't know if he's being truthful or not, but yeah, yeah it, it, the way that they introduce the character in the beginning of the movie, the first time you see him, he's getting high with a friend Mm -hmm. and then he's getting in a fight in a bar and just getting thrown out. It was just kind of all these random snippets of like, okay, who is this person? We don't really even know his name yet. Like what's going on. And then the next time you see him, yeah, he's walking into the fire department asking for an interview. Mm -hmm. It it was, it was very, it just felt poorly edited or, or I guess the, just the beginning part of how they introduced his character. I didn't like, because I kept wondering like, who is this guy? Why are they talking about him? Who like, why is he, he kind of seems like a separate story outside of the main story, and so, yeah. um, okay. Now that I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, what did you think about his character as the movie progressed up until the end? I wish they would have shown more of his learning experience because, like you say, they show what all, some of the bad things that he's doing. Yeah. And his first interview, they go for that run. And he's struggling the whole time. Right. Can barely make it. Right. And I wish they just showed him learning the process a little bit more. Instead, they give you, through the context, you learn that six months has passed or nine months later. 
but you still aren't sure how much he has learned from mm-hmm. that experience. And just by being a fireman through the six, nine months, you, I'm, I was still never sure of how much he has learned since then. So I wish they would have, throughout the movie, thrown in his learning process, his learning experience, the relationships that he develops. So I think the development of that character. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's slow. interesting because that's one of the things that Amy said as we got done with the movie. Mm-hmm. She said, I was confused as why they, the movie jumped you know, in these weird time increments where it was like, oh, yeah, three weeks later. Oh, and then nine months later. Oh, and then three years later. Yeah. You know, just kind of uh-huh. they, they felt random. Just jumped. Yeah. And in the, in, in the moment, it kind of did. But as I look back, I, I think I understand why they did that because I think they based them around specific fires. So these were like specific like milestones for this crew. So one was when Brennan was hired. The next one was when they're being evaluated for mm-hmm. hot shots. Then they make hot shots, and then it's this fire, and then it's the next fire. So it it it, it did seem kind of choppy, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, and I I think I think one of the things I really would have liked to see is because the movie focuses on on Josh Brolin's character, so Eric Marsh, and mm-hmm. then um, Brendan. Uh, is that is that why they call him Donut? I'm just now looking at that. His last so his, his real last, last name, name is um, Mc. McDonough, I guess. I only Mc- figured that Mc- out after after Don- looking up who the characters were. So yeah, because they're always calling him Donut. It, yeah, it's from his I, last name, I think. Okay, because yeah. I thought they were calling him Donut because he was new and soft. <laughs> I was like, like he can't he can't make that first run. Uh-huh. So they're calling him Donut, but oh, now that makes more sense. Yep. Okay, last so name. I so that's what the movie focuses on those two characters. Yeah, right. Those are the two main guys. That's the story revolves around both of them. You know, but there are there are. Oh, how many guys? Uh, let me. I'm pulling this up right now. How many guys were in the Mountain Hotshot crew? I thought there were twelve, there were twelve but, or fifteen. Yeah. So, because at the end it said that I think nineteen had perished. So maybe there were others outside of the group. But I thought it was twelve total. Let me see. Um, equipment house, including two ten-person crew carriers. So, okay. wait, where is it? And like you say, they didn't really show to that you didn't get to know all of the characters. Right. So it was a little harder just when they're in a bus or right. training to figure out how many characters or how many people were on the team. Right. But yeah, right. I think it was like twelve to right. fifteen. Well and then you get to know you get to know um is it Mike? I think it was Mike. Um oh no. Oh, McKenzie. That's what they, McKenzie. So that's Taylor Kitsch, uh, his character. Do you, you ever see Friday Night Lights? No. No? No. Okay. Well, anyway, he played Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins is like one of the biggest characters on that show. But anyway, so he was the guy with the mustache and the tattoos that lived with, with Brendan. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he was another main guy that you yeah. kind of got to know. But out of that, though, out of that, you really didn't know anyone else's names. Mm-mm. No. And, and I thought, like, I, I would have liked to have seen more, at least enough to get to know their names. And I know, yeah, it's kind of a big crew. You can't really, you know, you can't have a movie that's about 20 guys that you know really well. I get it. Um, but I just, I think me personally, I, I would have liked to know, okay, this is so-and-so, this is this guy, this is that guy, you know, cause at the end of the movie, it does, um, it does show you, you know, before the credits roll, it does show you the pictures of all yeah. the real guys mm-hmm. and things like that. But, um, yeah. Okay. Any other, any other things that you didn't like about the movie? Um, that was, that was the biggest, I think. Okay. The, the only other small 
the only other small thing I didn't really like was it seemed like it was a little cliche of how they developed the movie. It it was it was the classic battle battle movie development mm-hmm. where you have a character little battle another little battle all leading up to the final battle and in this case it's the firemen against the fires right so in that case i thought it was a little predictable Mm -hmm. which which is fine i mean those are always really good you like it um but yeah i thought i thought how they developed the movie itself was a little predictable where you know no one's gonna die in this one because it's just a smaller fire right and then it gets to the next fire and it's okay Yep, still developing the characters. And then they get to the big one. You think, all right, right. this is where it's really going to happen. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah, so so the I, for me, the really the main thing I didn't like about the movie was its length. So the movie itself is, it's two hours and 13 minutes running well, time. It's pretty long. Right. Yeah. So when you're, when you're including trailers, like you're going to be in the movie theater for over two and a half hours, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and there were parts of the movie that I just kind of question like what what's the point of this scene why is this scene in here it just seems like it's prolonging the movie mm-hmm. um one specific one is when marsh's wife gets in a car accident yeah mm-hmm. so i i i get what like the end result was like she was okay she was she survived like she wasn't seriously injured but he gets home from the fire and they get an argument because he's mad at her right like that she didn't tell him Mm -hmm. you know but she's like what are you talking about like this is my life like i this is how i live my life when you're away like you're not here and so i i just that was like a five minutes of the movie that i didn't think was completely necessary you know that they already have struggles in terms of you know that she has a hard time with how much he is gone and then toward the end of the movie when brendan is trying to quit and there's like five minutes of the bar scene where they're just kind of like pranking and having fun and yeah. teasing each other. And, and Jeff Bridges is up on stage singing with a guitar. And and it's just like, that's another five minutes that you could probably cut <laughs> that really didn't add much to the yeah, story. Yeah, you could have that. shown the conversation between Marsh and Brendan and, and you know, Brendan trying to quit and Marsh mm-hmm. getting upset at him. Um, but the, those, there are just, there are a few scenes that just seemed too much filler in the movie. And, I mean, two hours and 30 minutes is, it's a pretty lengthy movie pretty for, long. you know, yeah. for a true story type movie and things like that. Um, so th- that, that was my, my biggest issue. But outside of that, I really enjoyed this movie. I really did. Yeah. So did I. So, mm-hmm. okay. So tell me some of your highlights of the movie. Some of my highlights were, I loved the, uh, you could tell that they brought it, brought it to life as best they could. Mm. I loved their descriptions. I mean, I grew up in Nevada, in Reno. We're familiar with forest fires. There's usually one or two, usually smaller, but we have them. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going outside and I could see sometimes the hill behind our house would catch fire. And their description of it was the most beautiful and terrifying thing that I have ever seen. And I'm sure anyone who's been near a fire like that would be able to say the same thing. And so right. it seemed like they brought real experiences with the real people. And I loved how they incorporated that. Yeah. The real people, real yeah. experiences, real situations that they were in. It made it a little more real right. to me as a viewer. Yeah. So no, I like I, yeah, I like that. I definitely like that. The, the movie was very detailed in how it, um, you were able to really dive into the life of these firefighters 
you know, you really got to see what kind of work that they did. Yeah. You know, especially with, with wilderness firefighters, you know, you're not directly fighting the blaze. So you are, you're, it's all about preventative work. Mm-hmm. So you, you are trying to stop what is already burning from, from, you know, from, I guess, growing more and more. And you do that by lighting more fires, right. you know? So it's, 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 it's a very unique type of firefighting, you know, as opposed to what, you know, I guess what most people think of when you're fighting fires, you see a red fire truck going down the road mm-hmm. with its lights and sirens on and they're going to go spray a house, right? Yeah. Like this is, this wilderness totally hotshot firefighters is very different. Yeah. You are, I mean, you are right up against the fire. You, it, it's a, always a race against the clock. And I thought the movie did a great job of really showing you how intense their work is, you know. Yeah, and, and especially, yeah, especially like the, I, I thought they did, they added some really good scenes of, of just how fast those fires spread, and how really in one instant you could be fifty yards away from the fire, and then within seconds it's up next to you, yeah. right? Like it, very intense type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that was very good, very good. Yeah. So some of the things that I really liked about the movie, I thought, um, like overall, the just the quality of the production itself, I just thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just how, like again, just kind of going back to what I was saying, but just how believable it was, you know. And I'm not really sure how they created these sets or anything like that, but how you know they had these controlled fires in order to film and things like that. But um, no, it just it really throws you right into the fireman shoes really yeah and just shows you you know really what it's like it just it was it was something to behold it really was yeah and something i liked about the showing the firemen's lives was they they did a fantastic job in my opinion of showing on the job and off the job yeah Mm -hmm. and they're they're sacrificing a, a lot i mean that's they're heroes because they're sacrificing their families, their time, their own lives. Right. And I think they did a great job of showing what they're sacrificing both at home and when they're actually in front of the fires. Yeah. And I'm used to the firemen, like you say, rolling down the street and spraying the houses and getting people out. But this was a totally different experience of learning what is it that a fireman does when it's in the wilderness. And they talk about the hundreds and the thousands of acres that are already being burnt and how do you get a group of men to do to cut off a fire like that? Right, and yeah, you're talking just it's like amazing. a dozen guys, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, the the amounts of wilderness and landscape that they have to cover, mm-hmm. and what you know, just these small crews are able to do. It's it is incredible. Yeah, no, it really it's is. Amazing. Yeah. Any other highlights? I I really liked uh, Soup, as they called him, the their supervisor. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Marsh. Eric Marsh. Marsh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I thought his character was, I thought his, the development of his character was fantastic mm. and how he, they start out with him knowing exactly what should be done. And then later on, he always does what, what should be done, what he thinks needs to be done. But then they also show that he makes mistakes just like everybody else. Right. So I, I really liked his character. Right. That was a highlight for me. Yeah. He, uh, Josh Brolin was, he was my favorite part of the movie mm-hmm. in terms of the actors and the performances you could you could see one i mean you know maybe this is more just josh brolin and just portraying eric marsh but his passion you know his his deep devoted passion to this yeah. line of work 
you know, and how much it meant to him and how much he wanted this for not just for him, but for his men as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, you know, and so that's part of the beginning of the movie. You get to see them from their statuses. Uh, I, th- I think they call them like a level two fire crew yeah. mm-hmm. to where they weren't hot shots, you know, so they were working up to be hot shot certified. Um, and, and so, you know, just what it, it, it was like this lifelong pursuit, you know? And so once they got it, it was, it was so, you know, such a huge accomplishment for him and how proud he was. Yeah. yeah no, Josh Brolin did a fantastic job. A good he job. really did. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of, okay. this is something I did want to talk to you about because I, this is something that I'm still thinking about, about the movie. So he, Eric Marsh is very experienced, very knowledgeable, very confident, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, he doesn't hesitate to make decisions. You know, he's able to calculate a situation and and really determine what outcome or what decision they need to make to have a certain outcome. Right. right? You know, mm-hmm. and you see that when they're being evaluated, he challenges those who are who are their overseers and says, "No, we're not going to do it your way. I'm saying we're doing it like this because I know what's going to happen." And he ended up being right. Yeah. You know, so you you see him as a very confident and and very capable person. But the fire, the the Yarnell, is it Yarnell? I think it was Yarnell. The Yarnell fire that ultimately took their lives. The way that it was filmed and the way that Josh Brolin was was acting, something seemed off. Did you did you get that feeling? It it, it seemed like like not that he was unsure, but he was he was not that he was unsure of himself, but he was unsure of what the fire was doing, and so like they. You know, the Yarnell fire happens. They call it a skunker, I guess, meaning mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. The fire yeah. grows and it grows really quickly. It becomes very dangerous. But they have all these uh, options and, and protocols for like, okay, these are our escape routes. This is what we need to do. This is where we need to go in order to be safe if this doesn't happen. But when when things start getting worse, it's like all of a sudden they're trapped, right? And so I don't know if that was you know, because they made mistakes and it didn't show that. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get to is that it didn't show that mistakes were made, just that it was just something that happened. Did you, did you, what, what was your feeling about the final, like, you know, the final ending of the movie and, and what ultimately happened to them? For me, it was, it was pretty much the same where they have um, Donut who's on top of the rock they send him out as the scout. Hey, right. tell us what's going on. Here's right. the walkie-talkie. Right. And you, at some point during that fire, then they say, if the wind changes, then the whole fire is just going to come in our direction and it's going to be chaotic. And But then when the wind changes, you would think that they knew what was going to happen because even from the beginning, then um, their supervisor says, oh yeah, the wind's going to come off this ridge and it's going to take this whole town down and that's what's going to happen. Right. And so I thought that he would have everything predicted from, and that's why he was sending the lookout out. Right. But it seemed like they didn't even know what to do once the fire changed. They didn't know how to get, how to get a donut out of that situation. They didn't know where to go. Right. They were going to their, through their escape route, but that plan also failed so it just kind of seemed like one plan after another and they were just caught in, in the crossfires and had no idea what to do. Right. When the, they build up the whole movie portraying the supervisor or the, the soup as the man who knows everything and he right. got his team to this certain point. So yeah, I can definitely see how it just seemed a little unpredictable. Like they should know what was going to happen, but they didn't. 
And maybe that is what actually happened, and that's why they all died at the end. Was yeah. Because it was a very unpredictable, unpredictable fire. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, it's it's enough to where I, I'm going to be spending some time reading about this mm-hmm. and just trying to find out what. You know, because I have no doubt there was an investigation done to say, okay, what happened? What decisions were made? How did how did they get placed in this you know specific situation? You know, and ult- which ultimately led to that outcome. Um, but yeah, no, I I like the movie though. I mean, it it was yeah. it was, gosh, it was inspiring. It was um, just I don't know. It was just it was a very moving film, and I thought it was well done for a true story for a true story Definitely. that. You know, that for, I guess, most people that are familiar with the story, they know what the outcome is. I thought it was a very well done movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let's talk about um, one last thing. And, and I'll give you your chance to have add some, uh, anything else that you'd like to say okay. in just a sec. But, okay. So uh, what are some specific themes or messages, though, that you took away from the film? Anything, anything specific about what you thought the movie was trying to tell the audience? One thing that I personally got from it was balancing your life a little Mm. bit. I think that was a theme that they touched on in the movie. And both main characters, um, the supervisor as well as Donut, they are both struggling between their family and their work. And that's a common struggle that most people have, not not quite to the level that they were faced with. But there were several times when he didn't want, when he wanted to quit working or just tone down the amount of work that he did and spend more time with his family. And there, it was definitely a balance and a battle that they were facing between this is my job. I'm protecting people. I need to put my life in danger to save people's homes, their families. And so I remember leaving and thinking if there was a theme that I got from the movie, it was trying to find that balance in your life between Mm -hmm. whatever it may be work school, social life, just finding that balance. So you're not, you're not losing out on one thing in order to spend the rest of your time on the other. That was a theme that I got from the movie. That's really good. Yeah. And the movie does focus a lot on, on those struggles with it, you know, for those characters. And, and I, and, and yeah, I, I, just like you said, I don't think it's, you know, anything uncommon for, you know, people that have those, you know, different added elements in their lives, but no, that, that's good. That's good. The one thing that I took away from the movie was, was really just how, um, I think underappreciated a, a lot of people that are involved and not mm-hmm. just, not just firefighting, but people that are in these types of jobs, you know, whether you're a police officer or, you know, what, what whatever it might be to where you jobs that require you really to be in a very da- dangerous situation and, and being a, wilderness firefighter is an extremely dangerous job and i think just very often you know especially and i could i guess i can just speak for me it just it just goes unnoticed it goes underappreciated and it and really you just don't ever think about until some tragedy happens on the Mm -hmm. news and then you say oh gosh that that's awful yeah you know but there are hundreds and thousands of people who put their lives on the line every day in order to serve and protect you know yeah. again like i said whether you're in law enforcement firefighting or whatever it might be you know because these guys these guys they're not just saving you know forests and other wildlife from you know further damage mm-hmm. and destruction they're saving towns and homes and and human lives right yeah you know for what they do they they are really you know 
I mean, they're they're really heroes, and in the movie, they're they're called heroes, and and I see them nothing less than heroes, definitely. And and so for me, it just it brought such a greater awareness of really, I mean, of what's going on right now. Think of like the fire that's in going California. on in California. I think yeah. that's already taken over forty lives, mm-hmm. destroyed hundreds and hundreds of homes, and there are people right now who just like in the Grand Mountain Hotshot movie who are doing that right now, you know? And so it's just like, I don't know. It just, it brought a lot of awareness that I didn't have previously. So, yeah. And I really liked how it gave me an appreciation for, I'm sure it's a job where if your house was saved, then I'm sure a lot of people in those towns and they say, wow, we got really lucky. Right. But then when your house burns down, then they blame the firemen mm. a lot of the times. I, I imagine. Yeah. And so it is one of those jobs that I'm sure is just very unappreciated. They go with without that gratitude that they definitely deserve. I mean, right. from watching this movie, you get this appreciation for what they go through. And like you say, it's just got to be one of those underappreciated jobs that they right. do. Right. Yeah. And it's not just their sacrifice. I mean, it's the sacrifice of the entire family. I mean, yeah. it, it all... Th- through the fire season, it seems like a military family to where, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you are married and you have children and whether you or your spouse has to leave, you know, to serve, you know, time abroad or whatever it might be. Um, I mean, these, these guys, they're separated from their families for a long time, yeah. you know, so the sacrifice comes from both sides. It's from the firefighters themselves and from their families. It's, yeah. it's just incredible. It really is. Yeah. And- Actually, something that amazed me was at the end, they show the picture, the name, and the age. Yeah. There were some who were oh, early 20s. Yeah, 21. Yeah. I, I think 21 I was, was the earliest. Th- wasn't that it? was another thing I told him. I was like, I did not realize how so young these young. guys were. Very young. Yeah. No one, I think maybe two people were over the age of 30. Yeah. So I think it was Jesse who was the captain, mm-hmm. and then Marsh, obviously. And everyone else were 20s and. I mean, yeah, yeah, like mid mid to early 20s. Saving these lives and fighting these fires, it was amazing. I know, it really yeah. was. Okay, any final thoughts or final words before we give our recommendation? Um, I just really loved the emotion of the movie. If yeah. there's anything, the final words, I would say just the emotion, especially at the end, with the school at the end, when they're all waiting for the news. Oh. Just so emotional and... Yeah, those those scenes were well done. Yeah, Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because those scenes were very well done. Mm -hmm. I thought even so, the car ride over when Jeff Bridges is in the truck and his wife is in the back consoling Marsh's wife, you know, and his emotion and just trying to you know be strong and keep it together before you know he has his moment to grieve and break down and. Yeah, though those scenes were done very, very very well, well. very Very well. well. Yeah, no, that's I'm glad you brought that up. So. All right, Devin, let's do our last segment, and it is our Backseat Director's Recommendation. Our Recommendation. Okay, Devin, what is your official recommendation on the movie? Is it a go-see-it, maybe-wait, or no-go? My recommendation is go-see-it. I think it is definitely a movie to give you appreciation, very emotional, and one that should definitely be seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. Go see it. Yeah, I and I 100% fully agree. This is a go see it movie. This movie is worth the money and full price of a ticket. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be a movie that's gonna. I mean, it, 
I don't want to say it's not going to make you smile or happy because there are there's a lot about the movie that will bring a smile to your face and really, like you yeah. said, a great appreciation mm-hmm. for the sacrifice that was made and that has continued to be made daily by thousands of firefighters. Um, but no, it's an absolute go see it and bring a box of tissue. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get ready, man. We'll turn the waterworks on for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, <laughs> just be ready. <laughs> All right, Devin, man. That's our review. That's it. All right. Yeah, well, thanks. Hey, thank you. No, no. I, awesome. I, it was a pleasure, man. I'm happy I got to finally have you on. Definitely. Good to be here. Okay, Devin. So final thing, if uh, any of the listeners want to reach out to you, they want to continue to today's discussion on Only the Brave, um, how can they reach out to you or follow you on social media? Pretty simply, um, how to find me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, is just Devin Earl. And then Instagram is is Devin R. Earl. Perfect. All right. Easy enough. Okay, listeners. Well, thank you so much for listening to mine and Devin's review of Only the Brave. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for downloading today's episode. And if you guys haven't downloaded today's episode, you can make sure to stay up to date with the podcast and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, so many different other podcast outlets. We really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. And we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast.